The number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver while you're listening to today's Real Money Show. Here with me is Jeremy Wiseman, the Vice President of Guildhall Wealth Management. Myself, Darren Long, the Senior Analyst for Guildhall Wealth Management, also Vice President of Sales. And of course, on today's show, we have an abundance of material to discuss and get through. So hope you'll stay with us for the next hour. We're looking forward to sharing our thoughts on the gold and silver and natural fancy color diamond markets. And this week, we're going to be talking a little bit about market chaos, the direction of the perceived market heading forward into the late part of this year. We're going to talk a little bit about and touch on a couple of different things that you can do to protect yourself and your wealth and ensure your family's future. And that, of course, involves gold and silver. But before we get started, as always, please remember that we have been on air talking about gold and silver since 2008 and our doors opened back in 2002. I will remind everyone that we are not financial planners or advisors. And as always, the past performance of gold, silver, or natural fancy colored diamonds is not necessarily indicative of future performance. Now, with that being said, again, the number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver The website is guildhallwealth.com. And again, if we get started this week, it would be important for us to discuss what transpired over the course of the last seven days. And Jeremy, I know this week was a big week because, of course, the Federal Reserve met in the U.S. and discussed the plans of the year end and where interest rates go in the U.S. and how that's going to impact the market is something we'll discuss today. But as you know, they say talk is cheap, never more so than when it comes to uh, talking about what the Federal Reserve is going to do in terms of monetary policy. And it comes from the mouths of basically what I think are basic charlatans in the U.S. now that they have no idea which direction that market is going to head, and they're going to stick with their plans. We're going to talk about sticking with the plan a little bit later in the show. But if you look at some of the analysts, I mean, the words that were strewn out this week, uh, charlatans, one of them, I heard many times, quacks. I mean, it was amazing to see what people were saying about Yellen and everybody that spoke at the Federal Reserve. And essentially, their latest plan is to start selling assets from the Fed's $4.5 trillion balance sheet starting in October, which is a big thing. They're going to be tightening perhaps 25 basis points before 2018, then tightening three more times next year. And those are interest rate hikes, folks. And gold and silver have responded extremely well in the past to all those situations, but the translation from what transpired this week with the Federal Reserve was very simple. We're going to initially unload whatever garbage the traffic will bear. We're going to give it to the market, (laughs) the world broad market, and uh, we could end up getting zilch from it. And essentially, they're going to acknowledge that what they're doing is just emptying their balance sheets and hoping that good partners, trading people, allies around the world will take the garbage in hopes that things get better. They're going to continue to talk as brazenly as possible, uh, pretending that these little tiny 25 basis point hikes here and there along the way point towards uh, tightening and really that they don't. And we're going to discuss this on the show and they're going to keep telling us folks that things are getting better, gradually getting better, despite the fact that this is a recession for all intents and purposes, aside from the data, which is construed to their liking the way they want to report it so that it avoids the topic of recession. This is a huge problem. And here in Canada, we're going to feel the impact. I can think of no better way to protect yourself than using the assets that we talk about on this show, gold and silver. Yeah. The, the, 
What was more interesting than listening to Janet Yellen talk, because everyone agrees, she's she talks a lot and says absolutely nothing. It you know the 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 academic speak is amazing, but once you've heard it once, once you've heard it twice, you realize she's really not saying anything. And I really really always like when they when every chairman of the Fed says that they are mandated by Congress, meaning they could be unmandated by Congress at any time. And they basically give the Wizard of Oz um, speech, which is, look, I'm only here because you've you've put me here and you can get rid of me at any time. Um, and the reason I'm saying that is because it doesn't, they are what they should be saying is that we are in completely unprecedented times. We've never, and we're going to talk about some articles that bring these these issues up. That we've never been more indebted before. We've never had such low interest rates before. We are in complete uncharted economic uh, territory. Uh, the book prior, the economic handbook prior to two thousand and eight was thrown out. No one had ever heard of negative interest rates, and no one had had debt this big in peacetime. And they're 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 just kidding themselves that they can keep going on and pretend that things are great out there because, as you said, they make up their own measurements. So they can think that yeah, everything's great. And and they were asked, someone was asked, or they asked her, how can you be so sure, knowing that you are completely in uncharted territory? How can you be so so confident? Well, she doesn't have to be not confident. Her job is to just sit there and be confident. And I think that the markets are so complacent at this point that they don't really pay attention to what she's saying at all. That's my personal opinion. And uh, there's more and more articles coming out saying that the central bank is of, of the U.S. Is, is not as important as it used to be. Guinea pigs and the largest experiment known to mankind is what I like to think of it as, Jeremy. And I think that this is going to end badly for a lot of people in that 2008, 2009. If it taught us nothing else, protect your wealth. If you're listening to this show, the number is one eight seven seven eight silver The website is guildhallwealth.com. And we're going to talk a bit more about how to get into this exciting market of gold and silver. It's as simple, folks, as making a phone call, even dropping by at our offices if you're local in the GTA, calling, making an appointment to step inside this world of gold and silver and learn about what 5,000 years has taught us that all currencies end up dying and that eventually if you don't protect your wealth, somebody else will take it. And that's the bottom line. So we have to be vigilant in these times. We have to look forward and look out for ourselves and our families. And that's the most important takeaway for those that we discuss the ownership of gold and silver with. In this day and age, if you're not doing that, then you're not taking enough care in providing that protection for you and your family. And acquiring precious metals couldn't be easier today. What we focus on is actual physical product. We don't believe in um, trying to get into a paper version of precious metals, whether it be certificates or ETFs um, or anything that you can't personally hold in your hand. And getting physical precious metal in your hand is as easy as it's ever been. You can just contact us. You can book a price online through our e-store and then pick up your product or have it delivered. There's lots of easy ways to, to pay for 
for your product. So again, it's never been easier. You can take home delivery. You can store it in our depository if you'd like. We also do the registered account. So you know, if you want to diversify your portfolio a little bit away from stocks and just to have some in a hard asset that has zero counterparty risk, uh, that there, there, it's nobody else's risk. It's just yours. It's physical. Uh, you can do that in an RSP as well. So there's lots of different ways to do it at Guildhall. As you mentioned at the top of the show, Darren, we've been here since 2002. We are experts in the precious metal field. We understand pricing. We understand storage. We understand every which way that that uh, investment companies have tried to to do this investment in different ways. We keep it simple. If you can't hold it, you don't own it. That's right. And of course, if you're buying a registered account right now, you're putting this into your portfolio and you want to get it into your TFSA tax-free savings account, your RRSP, a spousal RSP, maybe an RESP for the children, for their education, this is our thank you to you. For every 5,000 US that you put into the marketplace, we will gladly give you a gram of gold absolutely free, up to a maximum of 10 grams of gold. And that's just our little way of saying thank you and hopefully to minimize a couple of administrative costs in the account. Now, when we're talking about getting into the market, there's a lot that goes on in terms of the complexities of the marketplace in the broad sense. And one of the things that we've identified over the years is that when people come into our office, they sit down and they're good folks. They have great intentions. They're there to protect themselves and to make money. And what they're giving us in terms of a total story or total snapshot of where they've been and what's been successful for them is only part of the picture in terms of the overall a concept of wealth and how you can benefit from the ownership of gold and silver. The other part is education. And what we want to do is convey to you, there is no alternative to educating yourself. So when it comes to that, we have an article this week, which is really important. This is from The Deviant Investor. And this article is called New Thinking in Different Actions. It was posted by Gary Christensen on the 20th of September. And of course, what it talks about is a very simple concept. It talks about an analogy between a gentleman who's looking to reach his middle age and lose weight. He knows, having heard the commercials on how to do it, he knows on how to change his lifestyle. He knows that he has to eat differently, consume less alcohol, really make the extra effort to get to the gym, to exercise, to do things that get him more active and get his body more engaged. And the analogy is very similar and parallel to the way the marketplace is right now. Central bankers know that there needs to be extreme change in the system in order to prevent the shock of another 2008-2009 crash, ultimately. So you're saying, just just so I can jump in on this, so you're saying when Stanley Fisher, who was the president of the Dallas Fed, said that the central bank had did nothing but feed the market cocaine and heroin for the last uh, eight years, he's saying, well, you know what? Time to kick the habit start eating avocados. And they won't do it because their habits will continue to be the same as they've always done because why not get the paycheck? Why not get the same results as they get, which is the 1%, the bankers themselves, and forget about the rest of the people. I mean, this is a dog-eat-dog world. So if you are looking to get ahead, you have to do it yourself. You can't rely on others. And that's part of the problem in the financial world 
When we come back in the second segment, we're going to talk about that same parallel and the analogy of a family that is in the U.S. right now that's experiencing this exact problem. They cannot change their habits. You know, uh, just as we're going to break, we have an article, a feature article up on our LinkedIn group which is by Charles Hughes Smith, where he talks about, and we, we mentioned it quickly on the show uh, several weeks back, but he talks about the fact that there there's a lack of risk appetite because there's a lot of risk in the system. So if, there's, if people feel very comfortable and they feel like there's not a lot of risks, they'll, uh, that the, the market is stable, that the economy is stable, they'll take a lot more risks. And right now people are just sticking with the same thing that's been working for them for the last however many years. They're sticking with their, their stock portfolio and as long as that's working, great. And, and so just to your point, Darren, these people don't want to change course because there's too much risk to take those chances right now. One eight seven seven eight silver is the number. Guildhallwealth.com is the website. We'll be right back with more on The Real Money Show on Toronto's radio station, AM640. Welcome back. The number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver The website to go to is guildhallwealth.com. That was a fantastic first segment, Jeremy. A lot of information to share. Updates on the Federal Reserve in this week's Fed meeting. If you're just tuning in, folks, We want to remind you that this show, albeit we talk about gold and silver, is as much about educating you, the listener, as possible. It's about sharing with you our experiences and what our investors at our firm, Guildhall Wealth Management, have gone through and been through in terms of their normal day-to-day investing habits. And of course, we were talking about, just before we went to break, an article from the, uh, called, it was actually called New Thinking and Different Actions from the Deviant Investor. And in it, they had an analogy of a middle-aged gentleman trying to lose weight. And of course, they're saying it's one of the most difficult things because that middle-aged gentleman may not be willing to change his overall habits and, of course, the people around him who have to support him in order to do that. And the analogy here that they're sharing with us is an example that they talk about from an average American family. And they're saying, suppose the hypothetical American family has $200,000 in credit card in mortgage debt, which is low, by the way. How much? $200,000 in credit card debt and mortgage. Okay. Okay. So that's low. Comparatively speaking, especially in the GTA. Depends what the ratio is, but let's. Income is approximately $40,000 per year. They're going on averages in the US. Assume annual credit card and mortgage interest rates average anywhere from 8 to 10%. That's the combined mortgage rate plus the interest rate from credit card. Okay. The interest only on the debt is approaching nearly half the annual income before many taxes and living expenses. So reducing the principal balance with minimum payments, it consumes most remaining income for a very, very long time, assuming this family could somehow survive without increasing their debt overall, which is in this day and age nearly impossible to do as we've seen the debt spiral out of control in both the US and Canada. Okay, but... Uh, and uh, I want to know where the article's going. I haven't read yep. the article, but I'm just going to give some some different arguments along the way here, if you don't mind. But that couple's thinking, well, how else do we get ahead? Because if we don't if we don't 
keep this going now, uh, the real estate market could be well above our heads. So we have to we have to struggle to get this mortgage paid. Uh, I'm as, I'm going to assume in this in this uh, scenario that the credit card is a lot less. It's more on the mortgage side, but we have to get this mortgage so that we can get into the housing market because the housing market is just going to keep going up and up and up. And if we don't do it now, we're going to lose out and 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 all of these things are, are going to happen and, and we'll be sitting in this apartment never being able to own a house ever and the American dream is gone. And that's exactly what's happening. That's exactly what 2008 and 9 did to so many families. They had to live by credit only. And as that credit card got maxed out, they moved on to the next one and so on and so forth. At the peak of the problem, which is just a couple of years ago, and we're just off of that peak, the average family had four credit cards maxed. Average family. So what does the above average family have? Eight, nine credit cards maxed out, four or five per individual? I mean, this is not a livable scenario in which we can recover and there's just no time. A a whole person's lifespan wouldn't do it for them. So what we're suggesting is that that individual, that family, consider alternatives to it. Why not bulk up on an asset which has been for 5,000 years a way to protect wealth, a way to ensure your future finances. Not only will you have to tighten up in times that are tough and recessionary times, but you'll have to make smarter decisions. Don't speculate on things that you don't think will have a good outcome or you're not sure about or that Uncle Benny passed along as a good tip. These are not places you want to put your money, folks. And again, I remind everybody, we aren't financial planners or advisors. And, um, you know, we, we talk about this on a weekly basis, but as it relates to the overall financial system, That same analogy doesn't apply to the Federal Reserve. And the reason is simple, because they have a very, very small interest rate that is not the same as what's on the street that banks are giving to individuals. They're allowed to continue to accumulate debt, and their interest rate payments, if you look at it over the span of the long term, back to 1913, there was very little in the way of debt, of course, in the U.S. Right up until the 70s, there was controllable debt. When the gold standard was removed, that is the moment in time in which they started printing copious amounts of money above and beyond what they could handle, hoping that the outcome was they could spend their way out of their problems. To this day, they have never done it. Well, okay, so let's let's just go down a little bit of a wormhole here because um, there was an article put out this week um, on Zero Hedge called This is Where the Next Financial Crisis Will Come From, and it was talking about a report from Deutsche Bank's Jim Reed, uh, who's a credit strategist, and he talks about the fact that um, just showing what's going on in the market, saying global asset prices are the most elevate elevated they've ever been. Uh, With that baseline in mind, what happens next should be obvious. Unless one assumes that the laws of economics and finance are irreparably broken, a deep recession and market crash are inevitable, especially after the third biggest and second largest central bank-sponsored bull market in history. Now, he goes on to mention, actually, that, um, that, and I quote, we think that in the post-Bretton Woods global financial system, which is what exactly you're talking about, Darren, any time prior to 1971, that the system remains vulnerable to crisis. A simple internet search of financial crisis throughout history confirms that the frequency has increased over this period. In other words, after 1971, when they lifted the gold standard, you get things like um, 
the UK second secondary banking crisis in 75, two oil shocks in the 70s, savings and loan crisis, Nordic financial crisis, Japanese stock bubble bursting, uh, Mexican tequila crisis Asia, uh, of 94, Asian crisis 97, uh, Russian LTCM crisis 98, dot-com crash 2000, uh, various accounting scandals through 2002-2003, GFC 0809, Euro sovereign crisis 2010-2012, the list keeps going on and on and on. It never ends. It never ends. The point is, is that it's coming. It's in the mail. So you've got to protect yourself. Now, I don't know if that family in middle middle America who's indebted uh, up to their eyeballs can get into a position to buy gold, but we certainly know that the banks aren't lending to them because they're paying off their debts. And so the banks that are getting all of this money from the Fed have simply been putting it into the stock market. Now, I don't know what uh, the ratio exactly of how much Goldman Sachs represents on the Dow, but it's not 1% of the Dow. It's like 8 or 12, which means when these banks buy into Goldman Sachs, that pushes the market up by that one stock alone. So you wonder why the market keeps going to all-time highs. It's because the Fed, uh, sorry, the markets are still hooked on crack and cocaine to keep pushing the markets up. So, you know, I'm surprised there wasn't a, a tantrum this week that the, the markets were so blasé about the fact that the Fed saying we're, we're taking it away. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com is the website to go to. If you've been listening, folks, and you're enjoying what you're hearing and you'd like to have some gold and silver at your disposal, either at home or in storage through Guildhall, you'd like to put it into your RSP because you think it'd be safe and a great way to diversify your overall portfolio, then I highly recommend you get in touch with the experts here at Guildhall. You can call myself and Jeremy. We'd be happy to take the call. You can ask for Jeremy personally, Darren personally, Paul personally. It's never a problem. We're always happy to take your call. Adding gold and silver is as easy as going to the website, taking a look at what you'd like to own, and then giving us a call or registering through the e-store to buy. If you're looking for that one-on-one consultation, private discussion, please feel free to come into our office. We will be happy to set up a Skype with you, Skype conversation with you to do that as well. And of course, you can add this to your TFSA or RSP. You can also, which we haven't talked about this week, open up an allocated financing account. This is something we'll talk more about probably in the fourth segment, but this allows you to get silver or gold at almost half off the price. And of course, there are carrying costs. There's everything associated with opening up those types of accounts. But like the article says we were just reading, what this world requires is new thinking and different actions. So if you're not prepared to do that and you are not uh, thinking the same way we are, then I would be the first to say that you should take a pass on gold and silver folks. But ultimately, this is the right time to put some of these assets into your portfolio and engage. Get your people that you trust in your life involved. Involve your spouse. Involve your family. Teach the children about wealth long term and get them excited about it. The world is looking for alternatives. And I guarantee you folks that as this time progresses on, if the market stumbles, they're going to pick up gold and silver as an alternative, a way to protect themselves. It's already happening. And uh, as we go into the the next segment, and I know you've got a couple articles from the Gold Council, uh, Darren, I just wanted to quickly come back to uh, this article based on Jim Reed's research from Deutsche Bank, titled, This is Where the Next Financial Crisis Will Come From, and this will be in our Precious Metal Advisor, our newsletter. Um, Near the end of the article, he basically goes on to say, because 
the because of the post Bretton Woods financial world that we live in, based on the petrodollar, uh, every currency is no longer backed by gold, so they're all floating. They're not they're not pegged to anything specific. And he goes on to say that cash is arguably a far more dangerous asset in a fiat currency, but uh, uh, but unstable regime than it has been a more stable, less crisis prone. Basically, he's saying that the the market with all of these currencies fluctuating and losing value over time that you should be looking to something that that is steady and holds its its weight over time and that's certainly precious metals when they're talking about where the next crisis is coming from he goes on to say that an obvious issue is how we resolve the combination of the unwinding of unparalleled uh, central bank sheet balance sizes at a time of record peacetime government debt and multi-central multi-century record low yields. So again, you've got three things. You've got huge debts or, or balance sheets on the, on the central banks. You've got huge government debt and you've got incredibly low interest rates. So how do you start to unwind all of it without the whole thing tumbling uh, before you, you can actually make some headway on this? And this is why, because it's uncharted territory and we don't know, and we're going to go into these articles from the World Gold Council that shows why gold is so important to have as a part of the portfolio. Not the whole portfolio, but why it works so well as a piece of this puzzle. Jeremy, before we go to break, if the world were to crumble tomorrow, similar to what we saw in 2008, 2009, is the answer to my question, A, our folks and the listeners of this show and our investors will be the first to know about this in the broad sense, from Guildhall they will be, from the show they will be, or B, will the general population be the last to know about how bad things really are? You know, that's actually a really great question because the end of this specific article says what what everyone knows for sure is that when this crisis hits, the next crisis hits, it will be a surprise. No one can predict when or exactly how it's going to happen. But the fact is the risks are in the system and they will cause it. And so we don't know when it's going to happen or how exactly it's going to happen. Everyone, in actual fact, is going to be is going to be wake up one morning and say, "I it's just completely caught off guard about what's going to happen." So the idea is, when did Noah build the ark? Before the rain. When we come back, folks, we're going to be talking about a couple of articles from the World Gold Council as well as Colored Diamonds in the next segment. Please stay tuned. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver The website is guildhallwealth.com. You're listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on AM640. one silver guildhallwealth.com. We talked about it a lot in the first two segments, but of course we'd be remiss if we didn't mention one of our favorite parts of wealth and the ways to increase your wealth, which is natural fancy colored diamonds, Jeremy. And of course, as we go from week to week discussing the topic of natural fancy colored diamonds, what we realize is that this is a growing trend, that we're building uh, the very grassroots level, an understanding in a relationship with new buyers about what colored diamonds can do for wealth. We're taking what has been been a concept with the wealthy and the more um, 
affluent, shall we say, and educated investors about colored diamonds and sharing that with the mainstream. I loved your story from last week's show about the Hancock Red. What a great story. Of course, if you haven't read that story, please do a Google search for Hancock Red. You'll be so amused by that story and so smiling, I mean, grinning ear to ear if you own a colored diamond because this is what the real heart of the matter is that it's about building wealth through various assets like gold, silver, and natural fancy colored diamonds. Well, it's all about the rarity when it comes to a a natural fancy colored diamond. And when you look at certain diamonds that are at auction, they're usually very large colored diamonds, whether they're pink or blue, sometimes very, very seldom red but often very large yellow diamonds. You see a lot of the blues and yellows uh, and pinks uh, breaking records when it's sort of an iconic diamond. Uh, We've seen, you know, 100 100 carat uh, yellow break records. We've seen blue diamonds break records, pinks break records. And what you have to ask yourself is why would someone pay multiple millions and millions of dollars for a, a diamond? For a color diamond, because it's so rare that these diamonds continue to grow in value, not because necessarily on the demand side, but because of the rarity themselves. They're, not everyone can have those things, and so the so that trying to find these diamonds time and time again is increasingly difficult. And just for us finding something like a quarter carat pink diamond. That's, let's say, intense. There's goes vivid is the strongest, then intense, then fancy. So intense being, you know, you can you can tell the colors there. Um, it's not a vivid color. It's not the most saturated. But even trying to find an intense 0.25, you're looking at a quarter carat diamond that has good clarity. I mean, it, it it's it's almost impossible these days in the market. So while we still feel that that this is a best kept secret trying to procure these things are more and more difficult over time which is why the why the values continue to rise it may be one of the last untapped natural resources that become a financial instrument and it takes a very confident consumer to step into the color diamond world but once they do two things become very clear they're passionate about their money which is clearly something that relates to most of our diamond buyers. They're passionate about their families and their wealth, and they're also a very strong personality. They know what they want. They generally come in as business owners, teachers, lawyers. It doesn't matter about the demographic, but they generally come in very confident, and they have a willingness to be open to the idea or the concept of new wealth generation. And for that, they've been rewarded hand over fist. It's true. the the type of The type of personality that's investing in in hard assets in general are tend to be either people who are disillusioned with uh, normal financial instruments like the stock market or mutual funds or advisors, um, or they're entrepreneurs who are used to dealing with governments and that sort of hand in your pocket kind of thing, because any business owner will tell you, you know, the, the government's always looking for ways to keep taking money from you and basically, 
you know, this is what's going to grow the economy is is having businesses, but uh, the government isn't always uh, working with you on those things. And so they're strong personalities in the fact that they're creative, they're independent, and they're looking for alternative ways to protect and grow wealth. And that's what hard assets do in general is you're outside the banking system. It's something that's a value. You know, we don't call it precious metals because they're not precious. You know, they're precious for a reason. They're very, they're rare metals um, in, in, in the overall scheme of things. And rare colored diamonds are even more so. I mean, we've got diamonds that uh, you'd be hard pressed to find one in a single year, let alone, let alone thousands, which anyone can buy thousands of white diamonds at any given time. But there's certain diamonds that you'll be lucky to find any in a given year, let alone 20. And I think that the idea of rarity is one of the hallmark features that we try to convey to new buyers in helping them to understand how something so small that fits in the palm of your hand is so valuable and can be held with such value in all places around the world. 15 to 20 years, folks, we've been watching colored diamond prices migrate through various changes. And obviously, when we buy a diamond, as Jeremy said, there is a correlation between the highest quality in the world that we can put our hands on and what and how our inventory grows. Sometimes diamonds are brought to our attention and we'll buy that diamond because it was brought to our attention. We didn't know it existed. Most of the time we're having to seek out through obviously big, big uh, opportunities that are out there in the world for just that one diamond that can mean the difference between having long-term wealth for you as an investor and sharing in what we already know and do as a firm, both Jeremy and I, Paul, we all own colored diamonds and missing out on the opportunity of a lifetime. And that really is what it comes down to is that if you're not open to that idea, that concept, I mean, at the end of the day, what's the worst thing that can happen about coming in and trying and looking at a colored diamond and hearing the story of how this can generate wealth for you and your family. The worst thing is that you take a pass and maybe you buy gold and silver instead. That's perfectly fine, but at least you can say you tried. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom And while you're at that website, guildhallwealth.com, there is the diamond section there. It is a pull-down menu. You can filter out by price range. You can filter out by carat size. All of our diamonds are posted up there. And of course, the pictures, which for the most part, 99% of have been done by Jeremy himself. All of them have been done. All of them now. Yeah, We're at 100% at the, at the website. We've, we've taken time and so much effort to make sure that you're viewing something that's exactly the same as when you come into the office. So we're very happy with the way it looks. And of course, this means that we're doing the job for you. We're finding that quality for you. We're finding the value for you. And you know, what? all of the diamonds that are on the site, we own all of those diamonds. We've invested in all of those diamonds, which means we've gone out to, to assess, is this the absolute best diamond in its class that we can, we can get in the market today? You know, you can go online actually and look at a lot of different white diamonds and you can compare two D color. So that's the best color that you can find VVS, which is just under internally flawless diamonds. And you'll see a massive range of prices on a one carat diamond. You know, you could see anywhere from uh, 10,000 to 20,000 and you say, well, well, what's the difference? And the difference is actually uh, the cut and how well it's cut. And also where those inclusions are on that VVS diamond can make a huge, huge difference. And also the type of inclusions that are on that diamond. 
Now, obviously, all of our yellow diamonds, except for the, with the exception of some of the vivid yellow diamonds, are all internally flawless. But in pink diamonds, clarities tend to be lower. So uh, we are in the VS quality in that range. And what we're always looking for is the best VS quality that we can find, not just any VS quality. It's so important that you are able to look at the diamonds in, in real life and also to be able to assess the color yourself because there's three grades of color, vivid, intense, and fancy. And if you're looking at an intense diamond, you want to know if that intense is closer to a fancy or closer to a vivid. And that can also be reflected in the price as well. And you're not going to be able to know those differences unless you can view them in person. So, you know, we do some videos and we do some some uh, putting stuff on, on uh, Instagram and whatnot and Pinterest. But nothing... Uh, can, can beat looking at the diamonds in person and seeing them. And also, you were mentioning, Darren, about value. And in, in the diamond market, it's actually quite easy to get to that place. You just look for quality. If we look for the best quality diamond that we can find, it is going to be valuable. And we challenge all of our potential investors to go out and try to find a diamond of similar quality because um, they will be hard-pressed to find anything similar, in my opinion. Uh, usually, if they do find something, there's something a little bit different about it that's not that's not the same quality. For example, we had someone looking at um, emerald-cut yellows. They were able to find three, four emerald cut yellows, but all of them were either too deep, too shallow, wrong inclusions, inclusions that were way too obvious right on the table. Um, just everything wasn't quite up to snuff the way the one that we actually had offered at the time. Uh, ours was just simply better. And so we, we think that that transparency, we know that we've done the work. Come look at the diamonds and, and see if it's something that can work in your portfolio. One eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealth.com is the website. Jeremy, I'm asked frequently when we're talking about colored diamonds, what is the real essence of investment? Why am I investing in colored diamonds? I think people understand that it's to make a return, return on an investment. I get that concept. But what else about diamonds is unique? I can't go to an exchange and look it up and say, hey, what's a colored diamond worth today on the open market? There is no way for me to just populate that data and find out like a stock or like a price of gold and silver. So what is it in essence that we look at uh, in terms of those hallmark signs that give us some sense of what's going? You you mentioned rarity as an example already. Well, I think colored diamonds as a market in in is something that's a lot more approachable than other hard asset investments um, like, let's say, for example, the wine market or the art market. You know, there are a lot of different wines out there. You go to Burgundy and it's just one grape and thousands of different varieties of bottles that you can look at. And are those all going to be profitable? And also, what's the year that they were made? So if, if, if you're talking about wines in that sense and... God knows we're very sorry to hear about the tragedies that have happened as of late. We all like to look forward to things that are going to be exciting in the rebuilding process of parts around the world and things like that. But if you were in wine country and there was a very, very turbulent storm that wiped out numerous crops, what happens to the wine that year that has already been made? Does it rise in value because of the lack of availability? I imagine it would, especially if it was a good year at the same time, of right? Of course. But but the the point is that that I think we're both making in this sense is that 
there's a lot of wines out there. That's right. Um, and there's a lot of variety and getting into that market is very complicated. And if you've seen that movie, Sour Grapes on Netflix, you know, you can see how things can go wrong. Um, same thing in the art market. There's a lot of artists out there and not everyone can afford to buy an Andy Warhol or a Picasso. But in Colored Diamonds, it's actually pretty easy. There's th- four, five, there's three, four colors. Um, you understand your four C's. And once you understand those four C's, then it comes down to starting to nitpick between, well, how available is a one carat internally flawless yellow diamond, whether it's vivid, intense, or fancy. And that's where it just becomes easy in terms of the holding the, the diamond as an investment. We do have clients who are looking for a return. It is a longer term market. You're not going to hold the diamond for a week and let go of it. It's not a stock fast money type of market. This is we're going to put our money into this. We're going to let it grow over the next 10 years, and then we're going to be able to sell it. And that's what we do at Guildhall. We assist clients to help sell the, resell diamonds down the road at the appropriate time so that they that they can definitely make a, a good amount of return on that. Um, but some just want to hold it because this is about protecting wealth. And if anything, diamonds have been incredible at it is protecting wealth long term, whether it was, you know, we mentioned them at the top of the show, savings and loan bubble, um, dot com bubble, uh, subprime bubble, color diamonds have continued to rise in value throughout all of those different um, uh, events that happened and different crises that can happen in the market. And so why wouldn't you want something that can keep its value if, if you know, you don't need that money day to day? Two of the fastest growing periods for color diamonds in terms of value the late 70s during a very heavily inflationary period into the early 80s and since we've been around 2008 2009 this is an investment that i think is worth looking at folks i think you couple this with gold silver however you can fit it into your portfolio and you make it happen the number to call is 18778 silver guildhallwealth.com to see these diamonds you're listening to the real money show with guildhall wealth management on talk radio am640 one eight seven seven eight silver is the number to call. Guildhallwealth.com is the website. Jeremy, that was a fantastic segment. We talked about colored diamonds, and today I got the feeling that we didn't have enough time, but we don't want to take away from what we believe right now is a tremendous opportunity in the gold and silver market. And earlier in the show, we mentioned there is an article out there from the World Gold Council called Sovereign Wealth Funds and the Case for Gold. It came out this week. It was released by the World Gold Council. And in part, it discusses the idea of what central bankers are doing in terms of their um, procurement habits, how much they're buying, why are they buying gold, and what sovereign wealth funds are doing in terms of buying gold and maybe some silver as well. And it highlights two people who run those funds, which is it amazing. Is. You're getting insider information on wealth funds and sovereign, uh, you know, central bank buying and how they diversify their portfolio. And these two uh, individuals actually assist these entities to do those things. So it's such an important article. It is really neat. And it says here, I'll quote in the first segment of the article, as part of the World Bank's Reserves Advisory Management Program, Jennifer Johnson Kalari and Adam Kobor helped both central banks and sovereign wealth funds to build their investment management operations. Today, Johnson Kalari heads JJC Advisory and Adam Kobor is Director of Investments at the New York University. 
both believe gold has an increasing role to play in central bank and southern wealth fund portfolios. Now, that being said, we have said for years on this show, folks, that what the central banks are doing in terms of monetary policy relates to their paper products. It relates to the one way they know they can keep you addicted to the idea that wealth can be built, which is to buy the paper stick to the stock market, stick to your traditional investments, buy the bonds when the interest rates aren't great for savers. And of course, they've done a great job because the last time I checked, most people invest in their registered funds. Most people invest on a yearly basis and barely give a moment of thought to what they're doing or where their money's going. Ask a general individual on the street or an investor that's coming into the market if they could name even half of the companies in one of the funds they own, and they would be hard-pressed to do that. We'd win every time if it was a bet, Jeremy. But the truth is that gold is nobody's liability, and that's the key concept to why these advisors are talking about central banks and sovereign wealth funds gold, two having very different uh, views on the world economy, two very different approaches, but its value, that is gold, uh, deriving has been derived for a millennia plus of time. And of course, something doesn't last that long unless it has true value. Now, they talk about it coming uh, from the idea that it's beautiful that there's a scarcity of it. And many people talk about different things. We talk about the four underlying fundamentals of inflation and geopolitics. And those are obviously fundamentals that have been around for a thousand years. And you could talk about the unique elements of it itself, that it's malleable, that it's divisible, that it doesn't erode, and all of these certain things that have made it the uh, go-to asset for a millennium. And it says in the article, and I quote, as gold was the ultimate reserve currency, it was used to settle transactions in back liabilities I love right up until the 70s, first under the gold and then the dollar standard. But as the U.S. currency gained prominence in the latter part of the last century, central banks and the IMF, International Monetary Fund, began to reduce their gold holdings. They called it the end of history, and it was declared where central banks accepted fiat currency backed only by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government in its place. That's right. They all joined the fiat currency party. They're all making money off their fiat currencies. Everyone's bought into the system. So what do we need gold anymore for? It's costing us money to make it, and we're getting free money out of this fiat system, especially even the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency based on the um, petrodollar. You know, they're just getting interest on their money and everyone has to use it in transaction and they're getting all of that cash as a result. It's such a it's such a, a scheme. It's amazing. Well, the tide is turning, my friend, as this article goes on to say over the last decade, gold has risen to new prominence for sovereign investors as a portfolio asset rather than a currency. Gold tends to preserve its value in real terms. Gold held or backed by London Gold Good Delivery Bars is highly liquid, both in the spot and ETF markets. And a gold allocation plays an important role in creating a robust portfolio that performs well over different economic regimes. And below this, they show a chart of central bank holdings. Now, since 2008 and nine. What has transpired in terms of central bank holdings of gold is that our piddly little central bank in Canada, 
they've basically stopped buying gold and have in fact sold off almost all of their gold holdings. The most resource rich country in the world no longer has gold in their vaults. That's right. However, most of the G8 nations, G20 nations, central banks have become net buyers of gold. They're no longer selling it into the open market like they were prior to 2008 and 9. It's now that they've begun accumulating. Why you ask? Protection. Yeah, they're be- afraid. They know what the end game is. Again, it was a fiat currency party for 20, 30 years, and eventually everyone in the central bank world saw all the debts being built uh, built up. They saw the uh, floating currencies that led to currency wars, and everyone's devaluing their currency to stay afloat. And everyone starts to realize, wow, this titanic ship of a fiat party um, is probably going to sink, and one day the music's going to stop, and we better make sure we have a chair. So they're all getting some physical gold in their portfolios because at the end of the day, uh, currency systems do move. Uh, Whoever is the uh, reserve system does move. You know, uh, in the 30s, uh, before Bretton Woods, it was England. They they had the world's reserve currency. Then it moved to the US. Well, you know, article after article is coming out about the fact that the world is looking for an alternative to the USD. In fact, one of the biggest pieces of news this week, I can't believe we didn't talk about it at the top of the show, was that uh, Putin said that they're no longer going to accept US dollars at Russian ports. That's right. They've they, That's another huge nail in the coffin for the US dollar being rejected as the world's reserve currency. So look, the music will stop one day and the question becomes what kind of sovereignty do these countries have besides the paper mountains that they have that they've built their dreams upon one eight seven seven eight silver is the number to call folks if you want to get into these markets now if you're already at the website guildhallwealth.com we appreciate the time it takes to look over all that information and if you want to get gold and silver into your portfolio it couldn't be easier simply give us a call and you can take that product home with you pay for and take home some gold and silver perhaps both of the metals if you want to split it down the middle and have a little bit of protection on both sides of the equation you can also store that product with us one of the most important pieces of education we can give buyers is the fact that it is not safe or secure or insured when you take gold home and silver home. And if you have too much of it, folks, it can become a real risk for you in the event that somebody might catch on and might try something silly. And we would never want for that to happen. So we do offer the option of putting your product into a very secure vault. It's a vault that's used by many companies around the world. It is a class three vaulting facility. So it is fully insured and underwritten by Lloyd's of London. And it's your product, folks. Your security is 100% approved because you have your product there. It's your serial numbers on the bars and you can buy and sell it on a phone call. And you always have access to the product. It's an independent vault facility that's only purpose is to store physical precious metals. And the key to this is the cost to store your metals and know that it's yours, have it fully allocated, segregated, is basically 1% a year. And in, in Europe right now, if you buy a bond, you're guaranteed a loss. And gold in Canadian terms has averaged 9% over the last 15 years. So if you take 1% off that 9%, you're still beating inflation and your product's completely secure. So economically speaking, in my mind, it certainly makes sense. But you know, feel free to contact us and we can review the numbers together. We're taking this home in the last segment. We want to talk about two ways, folks, that we haven't mentioned throughout the show very much. One is if you are a type of person who likes to accumulate over time, you're used to the strategy of the RSP contributions, you're buying on a monthly basis, we have the Monthly Buyers Club. That's something where you can, on a monthly basis, set up a manual 
or an automated purchase of either gold or X amount of dollars being used to purchase silver or gold. We're happy to help you out with that, folks. This is something that's great for those that like to put two, three, four, five hundred dollars a month into silver or gold. And of course, the second account that we didn't talk about much today, we don't have time right now to do so too much, is the allocated financing accounts where you can get up to 70% of your purchase of gold or silver financed for you. Get that same great storage, get a whole suite of online tools to help you become better educated. And you're doing that at up to 70% off the product price. And still everything is fully allocated, fully segregated. You have access to all of that product. It's completely, completely transparent. Absolutely. Come and visit that product. When you hold product through Guildhall Wealth Management, either in a registered account, either in the allocated financing account. And if you uh, are, are having both, you can go visit your product folks. And that's important to remember. If you don't hold it, you don't own it. Now on this week's show, we spent a lot of time talking about all the various points of the week. We didn't have near enough time as it goes by so fast and we enjoy our time with our listeners to get through everything here. Yeah. We're going to have to put that article from uh, the gold council on the PMA as well. We will. So we've got a great precious metal advisor this week. So we definitely encourage people to subscribe to our newsletter and get all these fantastic articles. All right. Before we go, folks, please contribute to the rebuilding process of so many countries that have been hit and devastated by the bad weather as of late. Take the time to put 5, 10, 20 bucks, whatever you can afford into those opportunities. And we thank you again for listening to this week's show. The number to call is one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom is the website. You've been listening to The Real Money Show with Guildhall Wealth Management on Talk Radio AM 640.